About Them Cowboys is brought to you by GameTime. It's your go-to app for the best deals and last-minute tickets. Thanksgiving's over. Holidays are here. Maybe you want to get over Thanksgiving somehow. Hit up the GameTime app. You can get up to 60% off deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that ticket prices drop in real time right before the game starts? I bet you've seen a lot of empty seats at games. I bet you see a lot of scalper tickets at games. Well, you can take advantage of these deals legally with the GameTime app. You can get panoramic views from your seat, buy with confidence, and check out a secure and could not be simpler. Just two taps and you're in. Download GameTime now in the Google Play or App Store. And score some last-minute deals now on tickets up to 60% off. Speaking of great deals, we've got a great one going on right now in honor of Black Friday at The Athletic. Get 50% off your annual subscription now for new subscribers at theathletic.com slash Black Friday deal. You heard that correctly, 50% off your annual subscription to The Athletic, which includes all our local and national coverage across all of our platforms, Hundreds of podcasts, hundreds of staff writers covering all sports. No ads or clickbait. We've got a 4.9 star rated app. It all breaks down for only $2.49 a month with 50% off. So take advantage of that now at theathletic.com slash Black Friday deal. It won't last long. So go now. Theathletic.com slash Black Friday deal. After it's all said and done, you're just as many years removed from playing as the number of years you played. 15 years. I don't know what went faster. These 15 years of retirement, it's kind of hard to believe that it's been 15 years ago that I retired from the game yes. of football itself. And, you it's know, like a different you, life. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a different life. It's not like a different life. It is, it is. a different life. Oh, and, and so it's one of those lives where you get a chance to appreciate it, you get a chance to come back and watch this Cowboys team here do their thing. Uh, it's, oh, my God. It is intercepted. Say it isn't so. Juggled and then picked up by the Bills. This is probably a touchdown. Latulale has the football. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? It's Black Friday and it is a Black Friday for Cowboys Nation. As we were met with the worst kind of Thanksgiving dessert yesterday kind that makes us want to reject all of our turkey and stuffing in exchange for some real change around these parts. As the measly Dallas Cowboys fall at home to the Beasley Buffalo Bills 26-15 for the entire world to see. Welcome back to yet another post-game reaction edition of About Them Cowboys. Kent Garrison here, back behind the scenes, making sure our dream team of experts here at The Athletic get their opinions straight to your ears uncensored and uninterrupted first his childhood lions lost as well so thanksgiving was doubly miserable for him it's father john mishota hey john yeah you guys think it's bad go through an 0 and 16 season then come back and talk to me <laughs> yeah ask uh, marinelli about that one i'm sure he has something to say oh man he's returning to tell it like it is, as always, it's Brian Broaddus. Welcome back, Brian. Yeah, John, try and play with Chad Hutchinson as your quarterback and see how that works out for you. <laughs> one of my favorite Thanksgiving games was the uh, Drew Henson Thanksgiving. Yeah, both of those, exactly. One. Get pulled in half. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I'll, I'll trade you Chad Hutchinson for Matt Mellon. Straight up. Yeah, straight up. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Back in the hosting chair, as always, is Kevin, KT Turner. And KT, um, we were talking about Jerry's comments off the air and he was um fighting back tears apparently and so i can't help but compare that to last week when he couldn't uh do anything but want to fire the coaching staff and now he comes to their defense this week so is he delusional for thinking this team can actually make a legit run this year given what we've seen so far this season i don't know if it's delusional because i mean (laughs) it is it's when everything was going down during the game, you're going, oh, my God, an embarrassing loss at home on Thanksgiving. Could that mean the end of Garrett? It would be kind of weird if a head coach who was first place in his division got fired, right? Uh, I mean, it's just about as weird as not beating any good teams this year Yeah, uh, for a team that we thought was kind of good to go. But, you know, it's something I was I was thinking about this, and I urge everyone, if you get a chance to go read John <laughs> Michaud's piece on The Athletic, and I want to hear what Broadus has to say about this, too, because Broadus has, you know, pretty deep ties to this organization throughout the years. So in that piece, John, you kind of talked about Jerry tearing up a couple times. 
uh, and getting emotional. And Michael Bennett was the guy in the locker room who was kind of yelling at everyone, which seemed a little odd that the new guy is the one who's really pissed. Um, but I, I started thinking about a few times Jerry's been on the radio over the last few years and how it was when he, when he starts thinking about the old days and he's getting older a little bit and he does not like talking about his mortality and stuff like that. Sure. But he was friends, of course, and worked with Jason Garrett's dad for all those years. And I couldn't help if some of it was like maybe a realization of, man, this ain't this ain't going to work with Jason. And I wanted this to work. And I right. finally got hit in the face with it yesterday that this is not going to work. And firing it's not the answer. But this is the end of something that I really wanted to, to make happen. That's, that was no, what I, I was thinking. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and and, and you're abs- and you're absolutely right too about John's piece on on how well it was written and, and covered. And you know, I think that Jay, uh, when you look at Jerry Jones, uh, you know, he is he's he's uh, he's running out of campaigns, you know, and and they always talk about uh, you know what Jerry Jones would do to get another Super Bowl to have that opportunity to to hoist that trophy once again, you know, and 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 you know, be that guy and. You know, it's uh, it's been a it's been a, a rough run for him. You know, the last twenty five years or so have not been good as far as you know. The the team has not been nearly as consistent enough. They've they haven't taken advantage of you know some of the players, the outstanding players that they've had. They haven't been able to finish. You know, uh, you know expectations were always really high, and then you know they fall flat. And you know, I think that Jerry Jones, the the owner. You know, was we saw Jerry Jones, the general manager, last after the New England game. Yesterday, we saw Jerry Jones, the owner, talk is what we did. You know, and he was, and he's coming to the realization that, you know, he did make the decision about Jason Garrett. He gave Jason Garrett more than enough time uh, to to get this right. And you know, there's still things uh, that are happening that you know he said, hey, there are going to be some growing pains. We're gonna we're gonna learn together, but we're still talking about things that should have been corrected four five, six, seven years ago. And that's, that's the problem. And, but yeah, I think that Jerry Jones tears in his eyes yesterday was of Jerry Jones, the owner, because he does realize you're, I think you're right, KT, that he realizes that, you know, something that he wanted to work so badly uh, is, is going to come to an end and it's going to, uh, you know, once the season's over, whether it's in the playoffs or not, it's going to come to, if it's not, then it's going to come to a, a crashing halt and then he's going to have to start all over and and again not many campaigns left that's just life you know father time is is undefeated and and he's starting to realize that and it's uh in his life john you I were would, down there looking him in the eyes what were your thoughts on everything <laughs> well I, it's a combination of that i agree with you there because he went out of his way to talk about um you know kind of how they have each other's back and how you know jason's been a part of this for a long time going back to when he was a player and then obviously Jerry knowing Jason's dad too as well uh, on the scouting side. And so he mentioned that, but then he also mentioned how Jason's got his back too. There's a lot of support for both of them. And and for a lot of people, myself included, it seemed like this was going to be, this is a, a perfect marriage because you had a, a Jerry Jones who likes to say wild things from time to time that a lot of other coaches wouldn't like. And Jason Garrett is the type of coach that will allow, allow a lot of that to let go. Um, you know, Jason Garrett is, isn't going to, um, you know, if they won a Super Bowl, Jason Garrett's not going to be that guy on the podium fighting him for the trophy like a, a previous coach and back and forth. He's going to let Jerry have his 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 time to shine and he's going to kind of sit back a little bit. And that's why for a lot of this time that he's been the head coach, I thought they've been a great fit. The problem is that there just isn't the wins and, and, it, and it doesn't look like it's right. it's changing and it's getting it'd be one thing if you saw some progress and you think this is different and it's heading in a better direction but you just you don't have that and so when jerry's talking about fairy tales of of just you know how and, and he always does this he just goes back to when he bought the cowboys and how many people told him this is a bad decision this is a bad decision it's not going to work out and how he always says how some of his the, the times when most people have told him not to do something those have been some of his uh you know greatest uh, achievements. And so I think that's why he was just hoping that somehow, some way that this Jason Garrett thing would get it back on track and that, um, you know, he'd lead them deep into the playoffs and into a Super Bowl and, and he'd be able to give him a long-term extension and these two could ride it out together. 
Um, but yeah, he's realizing that that can't happen. And then on top of it, you got players yelling in the locker room. And because even Jerry got teared up again when he was when I asked him specifically what he thought about that, if he liked seeing players do that, and he started getting teared up again about that and started getting emotional. I don't know if it's because of how emotional the players were or whatnot. Um, but I found all of that very interesting. And then back to your earlier point, KTN, Michael Bennett being the guy of all people. You know, you think it's interesting because he hasn't been around very long, but maybe that's exactly why he was the person to say that, because most of the guys that have been around for a long time. They know that, hey, Jason Garrett has a way of doing things. We've been around it. This is the way we do it. We don't speak out like that. It took somebody that's not around all the time to kind of step in and say that. Now, it could be a disaster, and maybe that that wasn't a good thing. There, I, I wasn't in there. I heard it, and I and I, I turned to Shereen Williams, and I go, I think that's Michael Bennett, but I didn't know for sure, so I wasn't going to tweet that because the last thing I want to do is put some player's name out there, but later it got it confirmed. But when I'm listening to that, I'm thinking to myself, there's probably some players in there have been around for a long time that might even be rolling their eyes like, oh, this guy's barely been here a month. Who's, why is he talking? But now I will also say this. If, if by some chance they get hot and they win these last four games, they go in the playoffs and they make a run, People are going to point back to that speech like it's like the greatest thing ever. I mean, we're talking about a team that like when a random yeah. stray black cat goes on the field and they win one game, T-shirts are made and everyone's talking about like if they were to turn this around. That's the other thing I thought of after that. I was like, man, people are going to like treat Michael Bennett around here like a god if, if that was the spark that they needed. I don't believe that, that that's going to have that effect. I think it was just emotions after a game, uh, but it, it was just interesting. Yeah, well, I think Michael Bennett, the reason he speaks, he spoke up is because he's seen it done the right way. You know, he's seen it. He's been in some he's been in some situations where it has been, you know, you know, you look at Seattle and the New England and Philadelphia. I mean, he's he's been in some places where they've actually done it the right way, you know, and sometimes, it, you know, to your point, John, sometimes a, a player needs to stand up and say, hey, listen, you know, we need to get our heads out of our rear here. You know, and, and, and try and do this. And I think you make an excellent point about players not stepping up and saying, I, I think they've got some leaders on this team, but I think they're the types of leaders where they're not going to be uh, emotional. They're not going to uh, stand up and say exactly what they have to. I mean, I, I think that, you know, this this team, you know, yeah. Do they need something like this? Absolutely. They but is it too late? It very well could be. I don't know if that's going to change how they're going to perform on the field. I mean, I, I always hate the the rah rah speech or we got a rally speech or circle the wagon speech and all that. You know, you got to find a way to play better. And this team just really all year long through 12 games has had moments where it's been good and then a lot of moments where it hasn't been good. And I think that's really what they are. And um, ultimately, that might be their demise. I learned a lesson last year to not, uh, you know, write teams off, especially, you know, honestly, this specific team <laughs> after the Tennessee game and they're three and five and I'm killing them. And it's like, okay. And then they string together a bunch of wins. Like, I don't think it's some like, I mean, I, I'm not expecting them to go four and oh here. I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting some immediate turnaround of just playing good football. Uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they ended up nine and seven or 10 and six and sneak into the playoffs and win the division. And over the years, that's been good enough. The difference is this year, that's not good enough. But like, I guess I want to see how you guys feel. Would it surprise you if they did go handle up on the Bears, Rams, Eagles, and and Giants again? Or I'm sorry, Redskins again? I mean, would it surprise you guys if they snuck their way into the playoffs at this point? I know yeah, it feels it bad now, but like yeah. overall, this is how football works. There's 16 of them, and you do kind of reset. Well, how do you guys feel about that? I, I think it. I think it would surprise me. I just don't think defensively that they're playing well enough, you know. And then offensively, they've you know they can move the ball. They can they they just don't finish, you know. I mean, look at the situations they've been in the last several weeks here. You know, go back. You can go back to the Minnesota game. You know, look about how that you know they get down there inside the ten yard line. They have to kick a field goal. Look what they did yesterday in that football game. You know, they just when they get down, they can move the ball all day, but when they have to absolutely finish, they've struggled with that. And I don't know how. You know, you can rely on them to, you know, in these games when they're going to have to score some points. I mean, they might not have to score any points against the Bears. You know, the Bears, I mean, I know the Bears would have had 24 yesterday, which is an offensive outbreak for them. Quarterback started to make yeah. some good throws yesterday. Yeah, started <laughs> making some throws. Yeah, so, you know, to me, you know, it, I, I, I've been fooled by this team. I really have. I, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed to say that I bought into a lot of things about this football team. But the, the, the bottom line is when they absolutely need to make a stop, they have problems doing that. They don't create turnovers. 
You know, they had an opportunity to fall on a ball on a fourth and one and get off the field. You know, uh, they luckily they had two field goals that were that were missed yesterday. You know, I mean, they just don't do enough. And offensively, they don't finish. So I don't know how you could sit there and say, oh, they're going to win four straight games when they just they, they don't do enough to win games uh, when they have the opportunity to do that. For me, I, I agree on all of what Brian said. I'm just going to focus in on one aspect of all of that because it's the, the part that stands out to me most more than all, and it keeps coming back to these takeaways. And I don't know how you go a month of playing football and you don't have one takeaway. I mean, and, and, and you've seen when this team's played its best, it's when it's gotten some. And so for you to think that all of a sudden that they're going to turn it around and win these games on the stretch, yeah, can I see that happening? Sure, but what would have to happen is there would have to be some takeaways in these games. With the offense struggling, I've, I just really get this feeling the offense feels like we have to do a lot more than, like they're trying to do too much. Like they almost have to score yeah. on every single possession. And what they need is is to be have some extra opportunities stolen for them. They need some possess, extra possessions that they're not expecting to get to kind of spark them. And I, not only do I think that's not going to happen because I haven't seen it this year, I have like five years of this, not seeing this. Yeah. Like this isn't yeah. just like, oh, this, they're just in a lull here. Well, it'll get going. No, it won't because it hasn't. We haven't seen it. It's been going, it's year after year after year. And that is the only area I, I know it's, it, it seems crazy to point to just one small area, but that's the area I look at that I'm just like, unless that changes, that's the only way I see them making a run. Do they need to do something different schematically? Do they need but they to blow won't. it up and, and but switch? They I won't. know they won't. And it's hard to do that when you paid DeMarcus Lawrence long-term too. Like you probably need to stay in a 4-3. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh wait, no. If you're talking about beyond this year, no, that can certainly happen. I thought you meant if they can make some changes oh, in this no, season no. to start getting yeah. more takeaways. No, no, no. Oh, oh, okay, any no, in-season change is done. Like it's yeah. December. Like that, no, 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 that's happening. But like in general, like I thought it's interesting what the Chiefs did last year. And their defense has been bad again this year, but they were like, you know what? Screw it. We're getting out of the 3-4. We're switching to a 4-3. And uh, this is going to help change things up, and that's going to help us take this step over the Patriots. And we'll see if it works out for them in the playoffs. Uh, It's been rough a little bit for them on defense. Um, And they maybe don't have all the pieces. This team doesn't have all the pieces. I mean, we've talked about needing to step up at safety. We talked about uh, needing uh, interior defensive tackle. I mean, for years doing the draft, been bad up the middle. KT, me and Brian have been me and Brian have been pounding the table, saying, "Would you guys please?" And these guys are available on day three too. You can get players on day three. Yeah, the three hundred and forty pound fatty who's just going to cog things up a little bit. There's sure. good. There are good players in this league who are taken Absolutely. on day three who play that position, and they just don't invest in it. And at safety, they just don't invest in it. And then to top it all off, the kicker situation. I mean, my God, all yeah. three of us were, you know, feet on the ground in Oxnard going, well, this is a problem. I mean, this right. guy is a problem right now. So are they just going to ride yeah. this out and go cheap on? Yeah, they are. Okay, wow. Well, and it yeah, bites you in the butt. Of, it's, yeah, there's a lot of riding out going on right that's now. That's not on Jason either, of, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. on everyone else. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I just think, yeah, no, that's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's you, know, you talk about. I believe the ball was tipped right before the half. The way it came out of there was so funny. I think it was. I think the ball. I think Starla Tule got a hand on that that ball. That kind of. But you know, they're on the right hash. And you know, the thing that it bothered me the most is you're moving the football and you got those timeouts and you don't even take a shot at the end zone. You know, I mean that that's the thing that doesn't. You know, to put the ball to throw the ball underneath to Witten and put it on the right hash. And we know he can't make a field goal on the right hash to save his life. You know, and you but you put him over there anyway. And, you know, to me, you know, you give up a pump block last week. You give up, you know, we need to see where, you know, Latule got the, the tip to deflect the ball. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, these are things that just that happen. It, it's, it's always something that happens in the game for these guys. There's always one or two plays where you go, gosh, dang, they can't have that happen. They can't have that happen, you know, and, and I, again, you know, moving the football and the inability to finish, you know, the, I love Michael Gallup. He's one of my favorite players on this football team, but throwing him, a, a, you know, how, how high percentage of passes is that to throw to him over there? You know, if you're going to do stuff like that, I mean, how about come up with some, the, the play they ran for the first touchdown was a really a creative play. 
full flow to the right, flood the right, and bring Witten just settles down and throw the ball back underneath. You know, there's there's nothing like that. It was just it, it, there was nothing high percentage about what they were trying to do, you know, to to get the ball in there. And then you know, Dak throwing the ball short to Zeke and the fly says, "Oh, I took my eyes off." And then I, you know, you know, you can't have that. I mean, these are just things that when you're losing football games. These are the kinds of things that happen. And, you know, and it's your like your best players are, are not doing what they need to do to win the game. And, and, you know, you can talk about the coach, the coaching staff all you want, but you got to put some of this on these players, too, and the inability to, to execute plays. And that's a whole nother thing, of, you know, that I'd like to get into later on if we could about, you know, have they quit on this guy? Is it execution? What, what really is the the ultimate thing here that you can kind of point your finger at and say, are they not doing what they need to do on Monday through Saturday on, on these practices to get to where they're at right now? And, or, you know, is that causing them problems? So, uh, you know, it's uh, there's a, there's so many things when you're losing. There's so many things you can point your finger at. That's another thing, too, about having a head coach there for 10 years. I mean, a lot of guys who have yeah. been here, it's like, okay, well, I know what this coaching staff thinks of me. So, yeah, Monday through yeah. Saturday could be a breeze. And that's the hard part of the job. It's easy to go out and play. on, Not easy to go out and play. But, like, that's it's easy to get up for that. It's hard to get up for you know, practice all week. And when I know what Marinelli thinks of me, I know what – and I'm not calling out specific, you know, coaches or anything. But, like, I know what sure. these guys think of me because it's the same regime. Well, you know, there's people that brought up that the lack of that maybe the players have quit because they don't they don't do things the right way on Monday through Saturday, the, the practice habits or whatever. You know, there's, there's some people that have questioned that that said, well, you know, Jason Garrett, uh, they haven't quit on Jason Garrett on Sunday, but maybe they've quit on him during the week. You know, and, and, and trust me, I'm a guy up until the time I was leaving, I left the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I was studying that every day. I saw, you know, what I saw was. You know, did they have to run plays over? Did they have to do things over? You know, was it uh, maybe a concentration problem? Okay, run it again. Instead of maybe eight plays uh, of a sequence of red zone, they had to run 10 because they had a bust or Mm -hmm. they had to, you know, had to do. So I don't know if that's quitting or is that is that just the the realization that, hey, we're maybe we're asking these guys to do something they can't do, you know? And, and I, you know, I, I don't, you know, is, is it, are they, are they doing everything they possible? You know, Garrett's going to do what he does. He's going to practice outside on Wednesday. He's going to practice indoors on Thursday. He's going to practice indoors on Friday. He's going to practice indoors on Saturday, you know, and they do, they get into, but you know, are the players doing everything they can to prep? You know, I mean, if you want to say, are they quitting because, and I don't know this, are they quitting because instead of three hours of film, they're only watching two, you know, is that quitting or is that, just not, you know, not, you know, uh, just not good preparation. I, I don't know. I mean, but there's some disconnect that they're having right now from what they're trying to do in practice to get to the field, because that to me is the biggest problem with this team is there's a really a lack of execution A fourth and, you know, fourth and two player, fourth and three play, whatever that was, the pass to the flat, you know, that has got to be, that is a pat. They call a timeout. They get over, they talk about it. They run that play. And what happens? It doesn't. It doesn't work. It's not executed properly. I'm sure that's a play that they've practiced during the week. I'm sure they probably did it right, or hell, they might have done it wrong. Who knows? But I mean, that's one of those things you have to think about when you start talking about breaking down this football team and some of the bigger problems. John brought up the turnovers. I think the execution of what they do uh, from the to, to getting it onto the field to how they do it is has been a big problem as well. And maybe they don't have enough pieces, and and that's something. I mean, John's talked about. Okay, pressure has not been consistent, even though we have you know a lot with Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn. You know, have been good, and the turnovers again a five year, six year thing. How does that change though? What do you do? Is it players? Is it scheme? What is that? How do you change? You have to change that scheme. You can't be in in a scheme where you keep everything in front of you and you don't take any chances on the back end. I mean. I've always felt like everything that's everything that Jason Garrett starts with. I mean, he always talks about line one. Line one with Jason Garrett is to going into every game. It's to make less mistakes than the other team. I will never believe it's anything other than that. The way that they play on both sides of the ball, it's 
Let's let's try and get some big plays here and there, but we don't want to give up any big plays because the stats tell you if this happens or this happens, then you lose this percentage yeah. of games. And they've there's always, your analytics right there. Right, well, there's your analytics. <laughs> oh, yeah. We saw the analytics on that fourth and one from the 20-yard line. I thought it was funny after the game when Jason was asked about that play, and he's like, oh, are you talking about early in the game? No, Jason, yeah. the other time that you went from it from fourth and one from your own 20-yard line. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've right. told, talked about it on the show before. There's just... Yeah. For as much as he says he doesn't listen to what's going on the outside, <laughs> next week yeah. there's always something he does where you're like, oh, sure. yeah, you're certainly listening to what's going on on the outside because sure. that was just bizarre. Absolutely. But, yeah. but that's just yeah. one of the things with, with Garrett. And then one other thing I wanted to point out um, is that when, Brian, when you talked about throwing the, uh, the deep ball to Gallup, you know what? I can even live with that. It's these targets for Tavon Austin that blow my mind. Like, I'm just like, why? Are, wh- yeah. What is this? What? Why? They're just... They're, I'm sorry, did I missed the part where like all the other all the other top receivers got injured. Like, and this is going like, I don't know, just I, I don't understand why it's like there isn't more plays for Tony Pollard or Blake Jarwin, but like Tavon Austin is a consistent part of the offense. I just I I don't get that. Maybe maybe they see stuff on uh, during the week in practice that that I don't see, but uh, targeting him down the field all the time, I I just don't I don't know. I just if he was if the, if there were more positive plays coming from that, I could understand. But I just they continue to do yeah. that. It, it just kind of leaves me scratching my head. Well, John, my question about throwing to Gallup is not so much the vertical passes or the deep balls, those nine routes. It was down around the goal line there where they were trying to get it in. You know, he makes the one-handed miracle catch and all that, though. To me, you know, I mean, you're throwing 50-50 balls there, you know. And and, and to me, I'm trying to, you know. Would you like to see them run their quarterback more down there? Yes. absolutely I would. Yes. And you know what, to me, and and I, you know, I'm one of these guys that believed in the New England game instead of throwing the ball 10 or 12 more times, there should have been 10 or 12 more Dak Prescott runs in that game. You know, to me, that's where you could have look, look what, look what th- that they were able to do. Look how the quarterback affected the game last night. Now it wasn't all RPOs and stuff like that, but the threat of him running the football was terrifying to this defense, you know, and he was able to move around and, and make some things happen. So to me, I, I would have I would have clearly down there. I, I was sitting in you know in the end zone in the press box there watching the the game, and I'm thinking, okay, where, where's the quarterback draw here? You know, where's the where's the uh, the the RPO or the uh, read option here? You know, where's where's something? You know, again, creativity on the first touchdown. It was wonderful, great design. You know, but you haven't seen that you, this team. You know, they're throwing 50-50 balls. They're trying to do things. You know, guys aren't getting open. They're giving up sacks. You know, all kinds of things happen here. It's just, it's numbing to watch them when they get inside, you know, the 15-yard line and they just cannot do anything with it. That's that's the that's an issue to me. That's a problem last year, too. Yeah. You you just, you know, you, you start talking about, okay, how can you just consistently move the ball and then you get down in that area of the field and you just, it's like you forget what you're doing. You forget everything that, that, that any type of play that you've ever had success on, you don't even see, you know, and I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, I want to give Kellen more credit for the way the offense, you know, is moving the football. But then I, so I see, I get down there inside the 15 yard line and, and it's like, I'm calling plays. You know, I, I just don't see, I just don't, and again, it's not creativity or anything. It's just, they just do not execute well enough. <laughs> they're overthinking and they it. Don't, they, don't, they don't put enough pressure on the defense. They do not put enough pressure on the defense to have to defend. Go watch the Ravens play. That guy, I think 17, 17 of 24 trips they've scored, possessions they've scored. Watch the pressure that that guy puts on yeah. on a, on on your defense. Well, you know, Dak Prescott's capable of putting pressure on you. Ezekiel capable. You know, uh, you know, when is when have we seen you know when have we seen Amari Cooper make a play down there? I mean, I mean, I'm thinking of the Philadelphia game. You know, uh, in the overtime is what I'm thinking. Then, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, is well, there no, something I'm missing? Well, there's. I guess what, here's what I want to say because I want to be completely completely fair on both ends here. Because I agree with you, what you're saying. But Kellen Moore's first year as a play caller, we knew there would be some problems. Like, I even go back to that 2016, 2016 year where they were at 13-3. and three. They had a couple duds late in the season there. That Minnesota game and the Tampa Bay game uh, come to mind. Where they had a couple duds offensively when they had been a juggernaut for 10 straight games. So, like, I think, like, him struggling for a couple games as a play caller, I, I could see that happening, like, before the season even started. So, like, because the offense has taken some pretty good strides, 
and you can see it and there is more creativity than there was last year by a lot and it'd be hard to have less creativity than last year that I'm kind of like, okay, I wonder if this is midseason funk. I wonder how much Garrett has to do with the offense at that point. But I, I don't like – Kellen's a guy I still really want around because I do think there's a lot more in that bag because we've seen it. But they do have they, – they reek of a team, especially well, – well, especially over the last few years, that doesn't turn over every stone possible to win games. And maybe in 1995 you can get away with that. In 2019, you can't do that. And we're talking about the coach who went to the to the podium and said, we don't even think about analytics. It's, dude, I'm, I'm saying you need to. I'm, I'm not saying that you need to be an analytics guy. I'm saying you should turn over every stone possible to help yourself win a game. I don't feel like they do that. I really don't feel like they do that. And that, that could go back to what well, we talked about last week. it's going to cost him his job then. It's going to cost him his job. You know, and it's going to cost all those – it's going to probably cost the guy you like his job too. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, the responsibility of him, you're right. I think they have to do, they have to turn over every leaf. And, you know, if they don't, then again, shame on them for that, Does, you know, but because they, they, you know, you get down there, you move the ball, you, they, you get down in that area and you have to cash in. You have to find ways to score touchdowns and they, they haven't, they just haven't. Okay. You know, but, so, uh, yeah. but, so, but they had good, good numbers offensively all year long. Um, and I think yesterday you look at a couple things specifically. Left guard gets hurt. Left guard hadn't been very good. Connor Williams, to be honest, or at least yeah, I didn't right. think he'd been very good. He gets hurt. First sure. play, Xavier Suafilo's in the game, and Ed Oliver eats his lunch and strip sacks the yeah. ball. And, you know, Dak looked uncomfortable right. yesterday again. And you know, we've seen this against Buffalo. We saw this against New Orleans specifically, where it's really jumped out. And of course, last week in New England, it was uncomfortable. When Dak looks uncomfortable, he doesn't play well. It's very simple. And Xavier Sofilo gets beat, and I'm sitting there going, well, man, I'm not sure that's Kellen Moore's fault. You know, like, that's where I kind of go, uh, you know, partially, do, has Travis been as good as he's been in the past? No. Oh, no. Has Zeke no. been as good as he's been in the past? No, he hasn't. No. You know, like, there's, there's things like that that make me go, man, this offense Tyron Smith. Ha- has been pretty good. <laughs> Tyron even, yes. Yeah. Yeah. This offense yeah. has been pretty good overall, but there's still some things that yeah. they could do better. So, I – since you brought up Kellen Moore, I'm going to take this thing off the tracks real quick, but it's also because of some stuff I saw Brian tweeting this morning. Um, what uh, This is for both you guys. What's a better chance of happening? Them going and hiring a defensive coach and keeping Kellen Moore around or them yeah. completely cleaning house and just starting over with a new head coach who has all of his own guys on staff? You know, I think there's been some whispers about trying to keep Kellen Moore. I, I've heard some whispers about that. Now I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing. I think they, they think I think they like what they've seen with him and Dak and working together. And Dak really likes him a lot and all that stuff. I, I think that's kind of, you know, something that I'm hearing. But you know, to me, I and it, it, we get back to this coaching thing. You know, if you want to talk about hiring an interim guy, and and again, I know you're I'm probably not answering your question. I'll take the, let me, let me, we'll talk about this later about hiring a new coach. I'll, I'll save that for a little bit later. My thought on that, but yeah, I, I think to me, I, I think that it's more apt that they go and try and clean this thing completely out is what I do. I think the best to me, the best coaches they can hire are offensive minded coaches with maybe the exception of something happens in Minnesota and then something with Mike Zimmer and you know, they part ways there or something like that. But I, I, I think that the it, offensively, the better coaches are available. And I think that that's what would lead me to believe that if they were to hire one of those guys, then we wouldn't see Kellen Moore here anymore. I love Mike Zimmer. I don't want anything uh, to do with him being here because he's a guy who's – He's famously from – yeah, I don't love him. I, <laughs> I like Mike Zimmer. He, but he's famous for meddling with the offense. Like, <laughs> Oh, sure. But if you get Mike Zimmer, then you know, Mike Zimmer might – Say well, yeah. Kellen Moore can stay. Just give Mike Kellen Zimmer's the offense. Head. Let's just give Kellen the full offense because I won't yeah. buy for a second. And I and you, you probably disagree with me, Brian. And you're in the building and have way more credibility than I do here. But I don't buy for a second that Kellen has 100 percent of this offense. No, and he deserves to have 100 percent of this offense sure. at this point. Because well, sorry, I, I don't. I don't. I think nothing about fair. the running game looks like anything like a Boise. What you would think from a guy that came from Boise State. The running well, game has Mark, always been yeah, something Mark to Colombo's me. Mark Colombo's influence. That's a Mark Colombo influence right there. You know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, and, and Jason Garrett likes to tell us that, you know, that Gary Brown has this responsibility and, you know, and Doug Nussmeyer has this responsibility and Sanjay Lyle has this responsibility, you know, 
So they've got a lot of they've got a lot of chefs there, you know, and, you know, ultimately that's how you have to kind of put it together. But, yeah, I, I just think that uh, I think the only shot that Kellen Moore would have is if and, and you know, we've seen we've seen this with the Joneses before. Hey, as we interview this head coach, uh, would you be willing to keep this guy? Would you be willing to keep this guy? You know, and I, I think that's kind of, you know, something you always kind of have to keep in your back of your mind. But if they hire the right offensive guy, I don't think Kellen Moore has a job here anymore. Would Bill let's, – let's go ahead and – I mean, look, guys, we don't need to talk about yesterday's game too much specifically, all right? We don't need to do that. Can okay. I just give oh, your guys' sure. thoughts real quick on the, on the going forward on the fourth and one? I at mean, the 19-yard line? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was absolutely nuts. Yeah, I, I really too. did. I mean, I – I was thinking, I was thinking, man, what if a bad snap? What if, you know, I was, I, I just, all these thoughts started coming to my head. And then, you know, and then, you know, the press box guy goes, uh, Dak Prescott for two yards. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, it's Casey, you probably you liked know. it though. Uh, well, no, but he would have been killed for it if he didn't do it. You know, that's, that's, well, the whole hold on, hold thing on, hold on, Jason. hold on, hold on, hold on. He'd be killed for it. What if they don't get yeah. it? And then Buffalo yeah. goes and scores on, on like the yeah. next play. He's yeah. getting Jason. murdered for that. Hey, this is his uh, go-to phrase, right? Or one of his go-to phrases. His back's against the wall. I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like it's tough yeah. for him to go out on stage and get a I, laugh. I, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have done it there. But man, I'll tell you what. I, I you know, a tip of the cap to him for at least getting that right. You know, yesterday. So yeah. it worked out, yeah. right? Doesn't mean it was it right, out. but it, it yeah, happened it and out. it was good. But it like, worked out. Do you guys agree, though, if he punts right there, that he gets killed for it, right? Oh, he gets killed anyway. He yeah, gets killed no matter what. He didn't have a chance. Why not? Why not? I want to why kill not? him for the things I think he should be killed. I actually defended him yesterday because let's talk about this first. The timeout usage at the end of the half. I hated how they played it after yeah. they converted the third and eight. But I, I swear to God, man, you log on to the cesspool of Twitter and there's a lot of well, he let all the time run out. I was like, well, dude, I couldn't believe Buffalo didn't take timeouts because they had a second and 18 and then a third yeah. and eight. If Jason takes a timeout yeah. there, he's nuts giving them the yeah. ball back. Well, and they were lucky the to be down 13-7 at the half. They were yeah, lucky. You know what? You make that field goal, it's a 13-10 at half. You know, and, and it, it's it's maybe a, a different way. I mean, I don't know. Buffalo did a great job coming out in the second half and really taking it to Dallas. But yeah. You know, I felt like to me with those timeouts, you should take a shot at the end zone. That's 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 what I was thinking. I, I at some point in time there needed to be a ball going towards the end zone. You know, especially with the way they were calling illegal contact and pass interference and stuff in that game. You yeah. know, why not take take a take a shot and try and score? If you were playing for the field goal the whole time, well, you know, shame on you for doing that. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, you should Jason Garrett should have learned by now he can't trust his special teams to do anything right. Sure. You know? the, so, so the know. feel of that game early on, though, just really felt like that that game against Philadelphia, where they scored. That was the only other time this season that they've scored a touchdown in their opening possession, and it kind of felt like early on, if they got that to fourteen nothing, they had multiple opportunities to tie. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like it's a completely different game, regardless of how good. I mean, and I and I agree with you guys. Like, I think people sleep on Buffalo. I think they're a better team than people give them credit for. But with that being said, if they get it steamrolling at home. Uh, they start feeling good about themselves. I think both sides of the ball just starts playing better, but they kind of let Buffalo hang around and let Buffalo hang around. And then next thing you know, Beasley's got a touchdown and everything's steamrolling in their direction. And you just start getting the feeling like, oh, they're, this is going in the wrong direction. They start missing field goals. Right. They're not even going to get this thing back. Their quarterback right. played better than our quarterback did yesterday. Absolutely. Josh Allen was really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. I thought it was yeah. very interesting. A week after we saw them, you know, kind of get torched by New England a little bit. Not torched, but – you know, gave up some some big plays. They gave up some chunk plays in that New England game, which is kind of strange for a thirteen to nine game. Right, you saw a lot. They were pretty convicted to go with Jordan Lewis and Cole Beasley one on one for most of the day. At least that's what I saw without yeah, looking at the film. The fear, that's what I saw. That that's the fear I had was that they were going to play a lot of man coverage, and all of a sudden you're going to see Josh Allen running the football. You know, that was what I was worried about. I mean, how much man coverage are you going to play in this game? I was just, I kind of kept my eye on John. I don't know if you did too when you're at the game. I kind of kept my eye on Cole Beasley, and he was running those routes, those option routes, and the in and out routes and stuff like that. He was doing exactly what he did in Dallas, and you know, and, and they should have known that. I loved. Yeah, I love Jordan Lewis. I love Jordan Lewis. And that was a tough, that's a tough go for Jordan Lewis. And after the game, 
Jordan Lewis was saying, hey, I was trying to do too much. I should just play my assignments and stuff. You know, I, I love Jordan Lewis, and but that was a tough cover for him in that game yesterday. That was a really tough cover, and you know, Cole Beasley had the bit between his teeth, and he was he was uh, he came to play, and you know, Josh Allen did a nice job of when he, he got the protection he needed and, and found him, and you know, took great advantage of of Cole Beasley on several situations, some big third down catches too. You know, he was able to make in that game, and you know, and I I you know, tip the cap to them for for using them in the game plan the way they did. I certainly expected better results there just because Jordan had practiced against him so many times in the past. And right. Just the fact these right. last couple of weeks, you know, Jordan's been playing more with Anthony Brown out. You know, last game got a chance to go against Amendola the whole game. Or, I'm sorry, Edelman. And then the week before that, yeah. it was Amendola. So I just, I, I did not see that coming. I thought Cole would play well. I didn't think he'd have his best game as a bill. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of uh isaiah mckenzie just out of nowhere having like two huge plays too when you really needed to stop you know you kind of fought yeah. back and you're trying to get back in the game here and yeah. it was 16 to 7 and on that drive man buffalo hit isaiah mckenzie for two big plays i think one of those yeah. was on byron it's just like man can we get, get oh, well, isaiah mckenzie is this week's jacoby myers yeah. It's like, why, no, is, this, why is this happening? I'll tell you another one, too. You know, if you look at if you, on the other side of the ball, too, Shaq Lawson was unbelievable the way he played in that football game. You know, they, they did not. I'm looking forward to seeing the tape on this and, you know, how they just did not handle him well at all in this game. Running from the backside, point of attack stuff, pressure sacks. I mean, that, that guy was all over. They just did not have a great answer uh, for him at all. So, uh, you know, yeah, there are a couple of guys that – Going into the game, I, I was not. I wouldn't have talked about them those two in the pregame show, but those guys sure showed up uh, when it, when the game mattered. All right, so I want to go back to this coaching thing, yeah, um, because I think that's it's interesting. Obviously, twenty six fifteen. This is we'll really lock in when we when we meet next week for the preview podcast, and we will actually look at the Bears and try to figure out a way to win this game. But for now, I think we do need to talk about the big story. Uh, Brian, you had something that you wanted to talk about in terms of yeah, coaching search. I, I know yeah, we, I we, we threw out some names last week in, in, in a podcast sure. last week, and I'm I'm totally interested in this because there's tons of names, and you know it's, it's you know honestly it's yeah. a fun topic to talk about. You'd rather be winning, you'd rather be you know yeah, ten and two. But uh, what, what's on your mind here? I don't think Jerry Jones needs to take no for an answer here. You know, I I don't think I think uh, you know. Uh, salary cap is not a uh, part of coaching searches, you know, and I think that Jerry Jones needs to push all the chips to the middle of the table here. We're running out of campaigns, you know, in this coaching search, we're going to, you know, I, I don't think you need to take any names off any lists. I don't think, you know, if they say, oh, he's under contract, he's this and that. I think everybody has a price. I really, really do. And I think, you know, Jerry Jones, he's got billions of dollars and he needs to find a way to use part of those billions of dollars to make this happen. It's to, it's to go get a guy, to buy somebody out, to do something, whatever he has to do. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not taking no for an answer here. I don't have to settle. If you guys don't like Mike Zimmer, I don't have to settle for Mike Zimmer. Yeah. I'm going right, to cast my net big and I'm going to cast it wide. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put everybody in play. I'm going to try not to take no for an answer. Uh, I don't, you know, again, I don't think he wants to name Chris Richard as an interim coach here uh, because if it does, and I brought this up, if Jerry Jones does that and Chris Richard somehow gets this team in the playoffs, then Chris Richard then becomes the locker room choice for let's give Chris Richard this job. I think he can do better than Chris Richard myself. And to me, I'm letting this thing ride. If Jason Garrett gets me in, great. He's going to, if they get bounced, the contract's over with. We can now continue on with what we're going to do. But I saw what happened in Cleveland last year with Greg Williams getting the job. They kind of get it and they make a run. They start winning some games. The locker room is like, you know, yay, we love Greg. Half the locker room is saying, no, we hate Greg. Management front office now has to go, wait a minute, we can't. Greg Williams is up there politicking for the job. It muddles everything up you're trying to do. Let Jason Garrett coach this thing out. It's either going to work or not. You can make your decision, but I'm casting my net big. I'm using every resource I have to, to get the right candidate in here for the job. I'm not taking no for an answer. And I say this, everybody has a price. And you just have to figure out what that price is. And Jerry Jones is, uh, you know, he's on that back nine right now. 
And if I'm him and I'm trying to get to that Super Bowl, yeah, am I taking away some of my inheritance for my kids? Absolutely. I don't care. I'm doing whatever I have to do to try and get the right coach in here. And that net is going to be big and it's going to be wide and it's going to get me a big fish out of this. Okay, hold on. I want to I got to ask you this. Like how how big are we going? Are we going to Sean Payton level or are we talking going back to that Best. that ski slope and trying to find Bill Belichick? Yes. We're going to we're going to we're going to try yeah, absolutely. Start I, there. I, I if Bill Belichick is if Tom Brady retires and Bill Belichick walks or whatever, I I, I again, I I'm I'm not I'm not trying to make this fantasy coach land. I'm seriously I'm seriously going to every single guy that I think could be my head coach and, and ask and see if I can get that done. Are you allowed to, uh, to, to contact coaches who are under contract or is that tampering? Uh, you can, you can contact other owners. You can contact general managers. You can, you can back channel stuff. You can do whatever you have to do to get this. So stuff. call up Bob Kraft and say, I want, Bill. why not? Why not? What is, what what's is, it what take? Is, you know, wait, what, what's Bill, what's Belichick's contract situation? You know, what's, we know Sean Payton signed an extension, but, you know, again, we've seen this work before. We saw it with John Gruden. We saw that. If I'm Jerry Jones, I am not, not going to sit there and settle for a second-tier coach. Not, not when I'm, I'm running out of time here. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, boys. We know that, you know. And he's got to look at this. You know, and if it ends up being a big mess and whatever, you know, Stephen, you clean up the mess. I did. But Jerry Jones needs to leave this. You know, he's already in the Hall of Fame. He he needs to walk out of here with knowing that he did everything in his power to get a Super Bowl here for the, this football team and for these fans. And, and I'm not in it. And, I, and again, I think I think he's going to I believe in my heart that he's going to try and do this. I just don't see him settling for. Okay, the the best, uh, the Greg Roman of the world. I, I just don't see that. I, I see, I see him going out there and trying to make a difference. For ten years, he gave a guy a shot to grow. He's going to go, and he needs to find a guy that's going to make this organization different. You know, it's going to change the culture as far as how uh, they operate in some ways. But I think he's got it. He owes that to himself, and he owes that to the fans who follow his football team. I agree with, with him not having the patience uh, or, or we want to get someone that's, to develop a coach. that he's going to grow with. Yeah, he yeah, wants someone who's already time. grown. We're, we're, the if one- Steven wants to hire the coach, if Steven, if Jerry says, I'm stepping back and letting Steven hire the next coach, well then, okay, I could see trying to grow. But yeah, throw your net at that guy at Oklahoma. You know, if you want to throw your net out there at that guy, fine. Go. You do don't it. think he you needs time to, to develop, it. though. You think Lincoln What's Riley that? would? You don't think Lincoln Riley would need time to develop, though, at the pro level? No, but I think offensively, I think offensively, he would do what you wanted to do. He's at least proven that collegiately he could do this. At least he's proven that he can. That he can. It, you know, he's not an unproven head coach. You, I'm talking about Greg Roman, the you know, Chris Richard. Those guys. I'm talking about going to get a legitimate, real coach. You're just going to get a legitimate coach that happens to be 41, 42 years old. That's what you're doing. Is it their little bit of risk? The there? developmental coach is a guy who's never had the head coaching job. You know? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, John. That's. I mean, yeah. I, got I, don't, you. I don't have time. I don't have time for for the the uh, for. The guy who, you know, maybe the Sean, maybe Sean McVay, maybe Sean McVay when he was with the Redskins, you know, when they made the hire with the Rams. Okay. I don't have, I don't have tired. Maybe he's the best coach, but I am going to get a guy that I know is established and will help my program be better. The Rams. Would and never, I'm not, yeah, the I'm, Ram, not, I'm not hiring. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a name that hasn't been talked about. The Rams would never let McVay go. I don't think. But man, if I'm Sean McVay, knowing that that team doesn't have any draft uh, picks, and sure. uh, basically it's salary cap, I'm, I'm, I'd, get, I'd try to get the heck out of there and go to Dallas. Like that's Stan, a- Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke. Hey, Stan. By the way, I helped you get that billion dollar stadium. You got. I helped you get this. Helped you get that. Seriously, I'm Jerry Jones. I, I'm going. I'm going. And I'm not, it's not the word rogue is probably wrong, but I am not taking no for my coaching search. Urban I'm Meyer. Not, uh, you know, Urban Meyer, fine. You know, I mean, okay, what is uh, Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer is going, people are going to freak out because Urban Meyer is kind of a, a cheat, a bad guy. And all. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe there's nice coaches, not all of them are choir boys. I love this. Maybe not all of them are choir boys, you know? But I, I'm just telling you, if you can find somebody that will make <laughs> players accountable and make the coaching staff accountable and win football games, 
I'm all about that. If I'm a fan, I am all about that. I am not all about trying to find, uh, you know, Greg Roman or uh, the, you know, some assistant coach that deserves an opportunity. Greg I'm Roman's fine. That. Greg Roman's fine. Uh, as an, as, as an OC, Lamar yeah. and Kaepernick may, made him look really good. No question. That is, there's, he is, he's found that he's found the right way for two unique quarterbacks that have played in the NFL. That's where this is all at. So right who do you guys now. want? Throw out some names. Dream big. Who do you guys want? Oh, I want Sean Payton. Sean I'd Payton? Love, I mean, and now that I don't work for the team anymore, I can say this. Yeah, I want Sean Payton. Is that number I'd one on your list? Sean Payton. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and uh, to me, I mean, okay, give me, give you know, if, if you're talking about the guy, uh, uh, Sean Payton. I want Bill. New England, whoever you want, whatever well, coach you obviously. feel like you want. Yeah. I mean, what's what's your situ- What's the situation? I'm finding out. I am not going to sit there and settle just for the. I just settle. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask questions. Okay, what's going on with your contract, Belichick? What's going on with this? What's going on with this, Sean Payton? What's going on with this? What's going? You know, I'm asking questions. He's not going to. I'm not going to sit there. You know, it might be irresponsible and reckless, but you know what? I'm a billionaire. Okay, I am a. I am going to do whatever I have to do to make this work. You saw it. He settled once with Dave Campo. Sure, he did. Like he's not going to do that again. I was part of that mess. I was part of that mess. But Chan Gailey and Jason Garrett at the time were highly thought of offensive minds. So, like, I understand those. And guys, you have to develop. You know. Yeah. I'm. I'm. If I'm. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm out of the developmental game. You know. Now again, Lincoln Riley has been a successful college coach. Jimmy Johnson, successful college coach. Barry Switzer was a successful college coach. You know, this is a young man. I'm making a run. I, I don't care. You know, Lincoln Riley, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I take this job. You know why I take this job? Because if I do get fired after three years because it doesn't work, I'm going to get the Florida State job, the Tennessee oh, yeah. job, the South Carolina job. I'm going to get the USC job. I'm going to get another job. You know? What if Saban wanted another crack at the NFL? to tarnish you. Yeah, being with the Dallas Cowboys is not going to tarnish you. Look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban got the Alabama job. What if he wanted another that. crack at the NFL? Why not? You do Why it not? after even after he failed in the NFL once. Well, so did Bill Belichick. Yeah. So did Pete Carroll. So did Pete Carroll. So did Pete Carroll. You're absolutely right. Hey, yeah. just give yeah. you guys you heads go. up. I've been doing some research here, and I will say this: it it's is because so I've hard. been yelling the whole time. Is no, no, I, because you asked oh. a, you had a good point earlier on. So I was like. It is so difficult for me to find anything on this Bill Belichick contract. I know. He's yeah. been so under wraps about it. Um, sure. But in 2018, there was a story, uh, I think it was the Boston Globe had, that um, he was estimated to be making $12.5 million a year, which obviously yeah. fans would sit there and be like, okay, of course, Jerry, give him whatever he wants. But uh, so obviously go. that would make him by far the highest paid you know, head coach if he's making that. And why but not? I don't, yeah, and why Exactly. Not? Well, market value. Jerry Gruden got ten at one hundred. I mean, yeah, Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones is worth billions of dollars. What is keeping me? There's no. I have no cap. I have no cap on my coaches. What's keeping me from going out and paying the top dollar for the best head coach? Nothing. Absolutely nothing is. The fact that he's under contract with the Patriots, though. Well, you know what? Let's see. I mean, Father John's done some research here. Let's see. He might not be. He might not be under contract anymore. It could you know? be a year to year thing, like where he just sure. he just reops like um, at the end of the year, and they keep it between the, the between basically him and Bob Kraft. But I'm asking that question. I am absolutely asking that question because you know what? I I am tired. I am tired of just kind of meandering my way around here. You know, 25 years of meandering. You know, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And Jerry Jones ain't taking all this with him. You know, he deserves one one final, you know, swing at the swing at the bat. And why not? If I'm him, I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is the plan. You know, this is the plan. We 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 did it for 10 years this way, but this is what we're gonna do now. You know, it's it's crazy sounding, but you know what? It's not crazy. In in life, in life, you you have to you have to take big chances. And and I and to me, I'm not going back to uh, the Jason Garrett type of a coach. I'm not doing that. You're the most well, popular the and too, though, sports franchise in the world. The, the like, other thing is that this roster where it's at right now, it yeah. doesn't need a new and up-and-coming fresh start coach. Like when Jason took over in 2011, sure. we can admit that offensive line needed to be yeah. rebuilt. Things needed to be Absolutely. retooled. The defense wasn't Absolutely. where it needed to be. 
They're not there now. They're built to win now. So why not get a coach? So I don't think any of the things you were saying sound crazy at all. I mean, dude, not not getting something uh, sexy, considering what you are, again, the most popular and lucrative sports franchise in the world. It's like being a big rock band going on tour and not having lights or a stage yeah. show, you know, like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. just going to be four guys standing there playing guitar. It's the Jason Garrett yeah. way. No, no, we're no. not going to do that. We're going to have yeah. video screens. We're going to have some badass 3D graphics and lasers yeah. and maybe some pyrotechnics. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Like uh, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones owes this to himself. And he knows this needs, he, this needs to be his final. This needs to be the, the final presentation on the stage. This is what it won't be final, though, Brian. He's going to live to 100. I hope he's going to have a couple more coaches in him. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I hope (laughs) he's he's great for business. Dude, Jerry might be 150. He might have that super secret young man blood that he can just pump into his body. You know, (laughs) he certainly may have like a he may have like a a blood buddy, you know, just a guy who can like (laughs) pump in his plasma into Jerry. Yeah, he owes it to his fan base. You know, he he need he needs his his legacy. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's won Super Bowls. You know, he owes it to himself to ride out with with a guy that can go and potentially get him what he wants. That's what even he, if, for ten years, even if that guy gets what's that? Well, even if that guy gets credit for it, why not? Does that matter? Why not? He, you know what? I think it ma- he, it'll matter, but it matters matter, less but, now but, than it did back but, in the nineties. But, but we'll damn well know who went out and got the coach. We'll damn well know who that guy is. You know, we'll damn well we'll know that he went out and spent fourteen million dollars to get Bill Belichick, or spent fourteen million dollars. What's that? You guys want a good story? Yeah, Jimmy yes. Johnson back with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. No, you know what? All right. Hey, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Jenny you know, clicks. It's, it's going to get clicks. Yeah. yeah. And it makes sure you make, we got to get Kent to make sure that's the title. Not, yeah. <laughs> I still think Wit, I still think, uh, Witten is, dude. Uh, yeah. See, that, now, does that do anything for me? No, absolutely not. Why? Why does that do anything for me? Why does that the, do anything? Back to the Jimmy Johnson thing, real quick. Jimmy Johnson would not get more clicks than Bill Belichick. Like Bill yeah. Belichick has surpassed Jimmy Johnson as great as Jimmy Johnson was in the nineties. And maybe yeah. he would have been better than Bill Belichick, yeah. but with what, what you put both the resumes out there, Bill, it, you, you, wow. Bill Belichick is the one that every single fan base would be like, yes, they, people want Bill Belichick over Nick Saban. There's no coach. There might not be a coach in all of sports. There probably isn't that you would take over Bill Belichick. He is definitely your number one. That's the, that's the guy. If you're talking about clicks, that's the number one guy. You I don't there's know. No, there's I, no question. I'm talking about winning games. I was used to be part of that click world. You know, I was part of the click world for a long time. Eight years, click world. And I'm not I'm not part of the clicks anymore. I'm, I'm about I'm sorry. No offense to the athletic here, but I, I'm all about trying to win football games now. I, I, well, with I'm, Bill, I, you get both. Yeah, I'm all about I'm all about going in there. And, yes, yeah, it could be a miserable existence for a lot of people. Yeah. But you know what? Being miserable, being comfortable sometimes means you're winning. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm I'm, I'm all about that. Bill, I just picture Bill loading up the buses and being like, we're not going to practice inside of this thing. Takes yeah. him to some local high school and it's like the sure. wind's blowing. And- <laughs> sure. They're practicing like, in the rain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kent brought up Jason Witten. Like, I'm okay with Witten as like a tight end coach. You know? I think he dropped the old man bit in 2016 when the new blood came in. You know? And yeah, I don't think down. that's what Ken's talking about, though. Okay. As, as tight end coach? No, I think Ken's you know, talking Ken, about being there. Ken wants to be the head coach. No, that, nothing. Yeah. Nothing gets chased. Nothing. No, gets, I'm not. I don't want that. I'm just saying that it seems likely to me. Like something like that yeah, would happen. Well, like a yeah. somebody that Jerry's comfortable with, that the players know yeah, and respect, that knows ten the team, knows what needs ten to change, things like comfortable that. Comfortable guy for ten years. Don't need to be comfortable anymore. Yep. Don't need to be comfortable anymore. You know. Well, I, I, yes. I don't need to. Jerry need. Jerry's going. Yesterday, to be comfortable I know forever. you guys were at the game, but with about 150 left. You see Jerry get up, you know, and then Steven kind of follows him. And it was the first time that I'd seen this in a long time where Steven, you know, who's become a powerful figure in the organization, you know, like uh, maybe growing up, 
Uh, I don't know about you guys, daddy issues growing up, but you know, like sometimes you get like the tense moment, like uh, when yeah. dad's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you could see Steven, it was very tense and uncomfortable and you could see Steven turn into the eight year, eight year old version of himself. Yeah. Uh, crap. Daddy's pissed. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's what know, I saw yeah. on TV. And I was like, Oh my yeah. God, this is, this is really bad. I think, I think Steven didn't know what kind of reaction Jerry was going to have post game. I think that's where he was like, well, cause he going to go scorched earth again. You know, and again, I said on the Cowboys post game show, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to go scorched, uh, scorched earth. I didn't think he was, because you know now it's uh, that that he, we tried that and it didn't work. You know now it's about, and he really, and he, I think yesterday again, like I said earlier in the in our podcast here, I think he was the owner yesterday. I don't think he was. We t- we heard the general manager in New England yesterday. We heard the owner realizing that, and like John said that. That you know, this is the end. You know, this is the end. He he, it, it's not going to work. You know, he he wants to talk about the miracle and all that, but this team doesn't play well enough for a miracle. You know, they don't do anything to help themselves. You know, and that they they don't they only get in their own way. And that's I think that's the I think that's the realization he had yesterday. Uh, you guys have anything else that you'd like to chop up, or uh, we've no? Been I on for appreciate an hour. you guys allowing me to have fun with you guys this morning. I I was no, uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. Well, I we appreciate, appreciate you, Brian. We love your behind the scenes. Oh, oh. We know you've been there, and we know you don't have time to have a bad time. We know it's not on your schedule. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I have no time to have a bad time. I'm, you know, me. I'm trying to. I'm always trying to get to the lake. I'm trying to boil crawfish for everybody. You know, <laughs> I'm all about the good time. You know, I want to have the good time. But I. I but I'll tell you what. This owner, and like I said, you know, I. I. I think he needs to really look at himself and say. Okay, what is going to make me happy? What is going to be maybe a tough decision I have to make? And and I always talk about whatever I'll have to do to win a Super Bowl. I think we need to I think we need to see him do that. I think we need to see him really push the chips to the middle of the table and try and figure out this thing for the best thing of his organization. I really, really do believe that. Kent, real quick, I want to bring you in on this as well. Final question and then we can get out of here. Next podcast, the Bears preview. That's a Thursday night game, so it'll probably be on Tuesday-ish, right around there. Be looking out for that on The Athletic, of course. Uh, does Maher make it to the next podcast, or is he? <laughs> you know, I don't think – I think Mike Nugent's with the Patriots now, right now, isn't he? So, well, uh, no, they got rid of him. Oh, okay. They got rid- Matter of fact, they might have to bring him back because I, I, I heard that Nick Folk had an appendectomy yesterday. Nick so Folk did. They, they're bringing in someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. New England's without a kicker right now. As it, yeah, as they, no, they just signed Kai Forbath. Okay. There you go. There you go. Kai Forbath. Good luck. You know. I mean, I think he's here just because you're out of options. Not, not like they're really excited about it, but to y'all's point about let's just throw it to Witten and kick the field goal. Yeah. With a field goal kicker who can't kick field goals is yeah. such a funny coaching strategy to me. Yeah. To not even try there. It's just, yeah. It says so much. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think you guys are right about this, though. I mean, uh, maybe they do bring in some kickers. Uh, you know, they've got the opportunity, maybe a Saturday workout, something like that. You know, I mean, you got to think about this. There, today is like a Monday. The mo- it's a Monday to John Mashota right now. And uh, tomorrow, Saturday will be a Tuesday to him. So, uh, yeah, these are, you know, maybe we'll see some type of workout, uh, you know, on a, if they do have an off day, which would maybe be Saturday. So uh, we'll see. I, 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 I you know, I'm going to do some scooping around, snooping around myself and see if there's any type of workout. But I have a feeling they're going to ride with this guy and, and, and see uh, not see what happens. But the, given the maybe the choices that they have, they probably determine that he's better. And I know that's laughable than what's out there right now. All right. John, do you have any uh, final uh, closing thoughts or well, what do you got here, man? He was studying his board <laughs> on kickers. He was I know he's looking at his emergency board for kickers. That's what I, John's I, doing I really right. did think Forbath was the best that's out there. No, I agree with you guys. There isn't that's the whole been the whole problem. It's like yeah, yeah this guy can kick from 60 plus, which is great, but he hasn't been accurate where he should be accurate. Right. And the problem is that there just isn't a lot of guys out there. And I just really don't see them bringing in in uh, somebody new at this point um, because I just don't – there just aren't enough good kickers around for right. for, for team, the teams that are out there. Some other team would have somebody right now. So yeah. um, if they do that, what I believe, it's just a change, just to make a change, just to try and, you know, yeah. you know like remember during the uh, bye week or whatever – yeah, it was the bye week last year, you know, and they changed offensive line coach, they moved some stuff around. I was right. kind of thinking that was going to happen today. Like there might be like some – 
coaching staff shakeup or something like that. And you know, up to this point, there hasn't been. But if they get rid of Maher, that's just what they're doing. They're just trying to shake it up just to shake it up. Because there's just – the next guy you bring in there, he might well, be better than him from close distance, but he isn't going to be – what if he was better than Maher, he'd already be on this team. I know the guys that go to fight in the trenches every single down are probably tired of the guy costing them points, though. Yeah, he like, did. So I think there, there might be some value to getting the kicker out of there. I mean, he can be a nice guy and everyone likes him and stuff. Probably quiet, keeps to himself. But at some point, you're going, okay, the kicker really again. So I just blocked for ten yeah. plays. Pretty good drive. We managed just to get some points, and we're again well, we're losing points again. Yeah. And it's and it's falling on yeah. me because the kicker can't. You understand. Kick. That's frustrating. You understand he, you know, in the in the gale force winds and rain in Foxborough, he hits the upright, which and he made a really much a miraculous kick, you know, later going that direction. So, you know, you're thinking like, okay, well, maybe you you give him a pass for hitting it off the upright, but in the conditions yesterday, you know, missing field goals and then, you know, and then, you know, getting one blocked, you know, again, we need to see who who allowed Star Latule get through and get his hand on that. But it's just been, you know, it's it's been a real, real problem for them. And and then the confidence level, you you brought it up, KT. The confidence level of the team is just I, I when he missed the last the second field goal, I watched him walk uh from, you know, off the field and nobody nobody even got close. I mean, not even a coach, nobody went over. He went straight to the kicking net and just was kind of standing there. And no not one person came up and as I noticed uh, trying to at least pat him on the back as he's walking off the field. So that kind of tells you where they're at right now mm. there. My, my last thought is I just want to give you guys my favorite highlight from Jerry Jones. And it wasn't a lot of the stuff that was written. <clears throat> it was actually when Jerry said, uh, um, about Clarence. He said that, he said well, no, he said. tried to, da- <laughs> well, that, that was good too, but he tried yeah. to downplay what is co- how, how impactful his comments were after the Patriots game. And then last week, and he said that, you know, if I thought going out there and just headbutting these guys while they're wearing a helmet and I'm not wearing one would, would fire them up, then I would go out there and do it. And so I thought that was funny because he's obviously he obviously saw Tom Herman do that right. on the sidelines before that Texas game, and that obviously didn't help. But just the image of, an, of a 77-year-old Jerry Jones out there just headbutting Jalen yeah. Smith yeah. to try and get the team going, blood running down his face. Is is crazy to think of, but I I kind of part of me believes that if he thought that it would lead to wins and leading them getting back to the well, Super Bowl, he might do it. Well, I'll tell you what, John, and we learned this in the pregame show yesterday, and I don't know if you'd heard about it, but Jerry got to the stadium early and was greeting the players as they came into the locker room. So I, I didn't know if you'd heard that. We got that from some uh, some source, uh, you know, that that Jerry had in fact arrived to the game early. And was there, you know, shaking hands and stuff like that. So maybe his way of headbutting. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, maybe his way of headbutting is uh, shaking hands, wishing Happy Thanksgiving. And and by the way, I'm the owner, and go play hard, please. You know that kind of thing. So I need you. I want exactly. to win a game here. Exactly. All right. That'll wrap it up for another edition of About Them Cowboys. Make sure you go to theathletic.com. Check out all the great stuff that John showed us putting up. Uh, Bob Sturm will be having some good football stuff throughout the week as well. We've also got the big Black Friday special that you're going to want to take advantage of. New subscribers, 50% off an annual subscription to The Athletic, uh, just $249 a month. It's going to give you full access to quality, ad-free local and national sports coverage from our roster. And it is a very talented roster. Uh, Levi Weaver doing some great stuff with the Rangers and their uh, hot stove season. Uh, Tim Cato doing stuff with the Mavs, obviously Saad Youssef. we got a really good team here at The Athletic, and the Black Friday special can be yours. Go to theathletic.com slash Black Friday deal where you can get 50% off. That is a very, very, very good deal. Take advantage of it now at The Athletic. And, uh, KT, yes, sir. We got, a, we got a Mavs podcast coming oh. soon to The Athletic. Mavs podcast Officially. coming soon. Very yeah, nice. So stay tuned to that. Nothing will heal Cowboys' sadness quicker than Luka Doncic oh, right now. Can Luka so, help the Cowboys uh, in any way? Is there any position he can play in the field to help them? I guarantee you he can kick. <laughs> guarantee you. You ever seen him there's like a dead ball in the Mavs game? He'll like kick it. He's a soccer player, too. There we go. Guarantee you he can kick. God, that'd be great. Although I don't want him getting his leg hurt. Would Tyler Smith really have to give up his number, though? That's what I'd want to know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Cowboys couldn't do that. So, yeah, Luka's out. Um... <laughs> You know, I bet JJ Barea could kick there too. You there you go. I bet he. I bet he could kick. Um, so that's all. Yeah. Next one, we will talk to you early next week. Uh, we don't have a day yet, but we'll figure it out. Cowboys Bears is a Thursday night game. 
and we'll have a good preview for you here on The Athletic, as we always do. For Kent Garrison, who produces this thing, as he always does, for the great Brian Broaddus, our special guest. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. And for Father John Machota. I'm Kevin KT Turner, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of About Them Cowboys. Cowboys.